have a recurring guest today. He's he's been on once before. Uh, Mr. Jesse Lane, director, actor, uh, entrepreneur, chef. Uh, if only. <laughs> I was just gonna keep going until you stopped me. Uh, I could get, let you go all day. Two hours of this. I wouldn't mind listening to that. <laughs> this is weird because we got cameras going on, so I, I want to look at them, but I also want to look at you. Okay. Uh, you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, so Jesse and I are kind of just going to chill. We're just going to talk. And if what you find us talking about is interesting, then I guess just continue to listen. Uh, I was going to throw a softball for you. Okay. Since it's topical right now. Sure. Uh, Oscars. Okay. Well, what, what Thoughts? Mm-hmm. On the did you actually did you watch it? I did not. Neither I kept did up I. with them live about starting midway through the ceremony. Yeah. Um but I did not watch them live. I uh watched a couple of clips for the categories that I cared the most about, but Yeah. Um like art and makeup, sound editing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live action short film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best um, documentary, yeah. So, you know, um, I think this year was pretty straightforward in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, it yeah. was kind. It's kind of rare, actually, to have a film like Nomadland be the front runner the whole like past year plus. Yeah, stay the front runner and it actually win the big one at the end. Yeah, because last year's Oscars there were so many different. A lot of people thought 1917. A lot of people thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at different times, and then Parasite came on. Yeah, snuck in. Yeah. So, you know. I, Everyone remembers is going to remember this Oscars for being different because of the pandemic era. Yeah. But also because of how they restructured things. Yeah. Because they don't find out the winners. They don't know. So what happened was I think they – it's pretty obvious they wanted it to end on an emotional note with Chadwick Boseman posthumously winning an Oscar. Yeah. His wife getting on stage and speaking and – uh I understand that. Yeah. But yeah. he didn't win. And Anthony Hopkins is 80-something. He lives in the U.K. Yeah. or Ireland or somewhere, so and he didn't come in. And was and asleep. Yeah. And I can't – he's also 80-something. Yeah. And with COVID, that's a that's a Yeah, risk. it's understandable, yeah. But he also didn't come for uh, – was it last year's when he was nominated for, for the uh, Two Popes? The Two Popes, yeah, that's he right. He didn't come for that either. So Joe Pesci didn't come last year either. So pe- yeah. some people just don't come every yeah. time. Um, so when Joaquin announced, every the winner, time I've been nominated, I don't show up. Right. Yeah. So when Joaquin announced the nom the the winner, um, the show just ended after that. Yeah. So I think I always believe Best Picture should be last. I that's the highest award. I absolutely agree. And honestly, like throughout the past years, I don't know if you've noticed, it's like they do this like four to five hours of lead up till Best Picture, and then I always feel like the Best Picture speech is like the shortest, and they're like, like, "All right, let's get out of here." Yes, we're ready to go. It's yeah, been and four they're and just and a half like hours. they're pulling out as like the people are trying to talk. It's like no, that's like yeah. the one part of the night I actually want to see the full speech of. And so, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the restructuring. I didn't watch it either. I just kind of was, like, on my phone, like, looking at it as, like, it was updating. I was intrigued at first because uh, Steven Soderbergh, who I actually really like, yeah, directed it. He yeah. was one of the producers. And you could tell it was a Soderbergh thing. 
Mm. They shot it in more of a widescreen format to make it yeah. look more cinematic. There was oh. a heist in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon and um, George Clooney were stealing the, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the opening with Regina King walking in while it was a tracking shot like he does and the titles coming in like Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. And then it just, I don't know. It, I know it's pandemic era, but it felt off to me. Um, I didn't have any problem with any of the winners. Um from what I recall, yeah. No Man Land wasn't near like my favorite film of the year, and I know people who love that film, yeah. and that's fine. But my favorites were more like The Father. Yeah, Sound of Metal was really up there. That that was Soul my for me was up there. Yeah, um, Promising Young Woman. Yeah, but one of my favorites of the year didn't even get any much love at the Oscars at all, and that was The Five Bloods. Yeah, and I thought Delroy Lindo in The Five Bloods was the best performance I saw all year, and he yeah. didn't get Oscar. Um, what was that? Why do I why do I forget the name of it? But the Jesse Buckley Charlie Kaufman film Jesse Plemons. I'm thinking of anything. I'm thinking things. of anything. Like that didn't get nominated for anything. Like, I, I, was I thought shocked. that could have had a chance at screenplay when it I first came too. out, but it also came out in the summer. That's true. So yeah, movies that come out in the summer are kind of just like. And this year had a longer period of. Movies being released. Yeah. But when it came to the winners, like acting categories, everyone knew Daniel Kaluuya would win. He yeah. was deserving. But I really liked Lakeith Stanfield as well from yeah. the same film. Yeah. Paul Ricci. Dude. Uh, he blew Rachi, my mind. Rachi. I don't know. Racy, Rachi, Rachi. He was, he blew me away. I, he was my favorite because I love The Sound of Metal. Yeah. Um, supporting actress, I really liked Olivia Coleman because I love yeah. The Father, but chick from Minari because I'm not going to try to butcher her name. Yeah. She was that. good. Um, yeah. And then lead actress McDormand. Everyone knows McDormand's great. Oh, yeah. She was deserving, but I wanted Carrie Mulligan to win because yeah. I've always Just thought she was so underrated. Oh, yeah. Um, and then when it came to best actor, I thought Bozeman was great, but I really loved Anthony Hopkins and I really loved... Riz Ahmed, Riz Ahmed yeah. and I've been a huge Riz Ahmed fan since The Night Of came out on HBO a few years ago, like seven years ago, and um, it's one of my favorite series ever, Yeah, and I, I thought Sound of Metal, I, I don't know, I had heard about it, but when I was watching it, something hit me in the middle of that movie that really just struck with me, but the only film that made me emotional this past year was The Father. Really? The Father, by the time it got to the end of it, it... It had me. It did, yeah. The last scene in the movie, it's it's a genius structure as well. And I had heard of The Father because of the play version that had Frank Langella. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was on Broadway. Which is funny because he was in another Oscar-nominated film Frost this Nixon. year. Uh, no, um, this year. Uh, oh. Uh, the Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh. He played the judge. Yeah, I wasn't too big on that movie. Neither was I. <laughs> Uh, Sorkin <laughs> is hit or miss for me. The, same here. The ending of that movie was. Have you ever heard of the meme? Like, and then they stood up and clapped. Like mm-hmm. when I was like, wow, that they really they just ended Oscar the baiting. movie like that. They oh yeah, baiting. yeah, the whole time. Um, I don't want to tear into that movie too much, but uh, yeah, Aaron Sorkin's a hit or miss for me. I don't. He's missed twice for me as a director, as a writer. What else did he direct? He directed the one with uh, Jessica Chastain. Was that? M- uh, um, Molly's Game. Molly's Game. Okay. I can't even remember the title. I haven't seen that yet. It's it's not a bad film. It's just like so. I feel like if someone else directed it, maybe. But then again, like that was his sure. first time directing, and what do I know? The I'm last thing that, that he was involved in, I really dug, was Steve Jobs. 
Yeah, I actually just watched that for the first time. Rec- I love recently. that film. That's a great. If if you don't like dialogue, you won't like that movie. I love the way it was structured. Yes. I loved how it was just confined into this Three one area. Yeah, with yeah. The same people. Yeah, and Michael Fassbender was incredible. I know he was nominated, and he's incredible. For dude, uh, have you seen uh, Macbeth with him and uh, Marion? I love that movie. Marion score for that. Cotillard. Marion Cotillard. Yeah. yeah, one of the best actresses working. Oh, honestly. and the cinematography in that movie is like. And that was nominated for nothing. Diddly squat. Honestly, I think that's my favorite, like, Shakespeare That's my favorite adaptation. Shakespeare play in general. Yeah, Macbeth is. Did, did you, uh, did that director, Jason, I think it's Jason, something, something Jason. Yeah, he went on to do Assassin's Creed I after that. <laughs> Which is like, oh man. As, okay, if you were a director... If you had just come off like a film like that mm-hmm. and someone approached you with any video game license, like from Mario to like uh, The Last of Us, mm-hmm. would you touch a video game after you, like as a director? Would you dare? Sure. Really? Mm-hmm. What, would it depend on like what property? Yeah, um, so if we're talking, I don't know if you game much. I do story-based games. No, I love okay. to play video games. I love games. these Quantic Dream games. I love Heavy Rain, I think, would be a great miniseries. Yeah, it would. Beyond Two Souls would Is be tough. <laughs> Jason! 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 Yeah. Beyond Two Souls would be difficult. That was the Ellen Page. That with Willem Dafoe. Yeah. But then they yeah. did Beyond uh, Detroit Become Human, which I blew me one. away. I've heard good things. i got to check um, that one out. Last of Us. That's they're doing a HBO. Yeah, uh, I'm not too. Yeah. I'm not excited about that either, just because the the first video game is like uh, top five for it's me. It's one of my favorites ever. So like, I'm kind of like, well, like, who is it for? Because the video game is like so perfect. Like, who is who is the series for? I think they're trying to make it for both because they're capitalizing on. Um, his name just left Pe- me. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Pedro they're, Pascal. They're, they're yeah, they're capitalizing on his popularity yeah he's like been booking um i don't think he's right for joel i've always thought josh brolin i thought josh brolin or hugh jackman and um um, they have and maybe me (laughs) (laughs) the little girl from game of thrones um is in it okay as ellie as ellie yeah um so i'm gonna give it a chance but have you played last of us part two i have not no you need to play that yeah did you like it or no I heard a lot of people did not like That's it. Unfortunately, a tough question. Uh, the only That's reason probably the hardest question you've ever asked me. The only reason I didn't, I haven't played it yet, is one because like I feel like paying sixty bucks for a video game is just kind of insane. And then second, it was spoiled for me. I opened like the oh, one time I was never for me too. I like open Twitter once a month, yeah. and on that day was the day where I'm not gonna say anything but the golf club yes. memes, and I was like, "All right, well, guess I'm not gonna buy everything." This game. Was spoiled for me. The everything half of the wow. game, everything. I don't know anything about like the ending. Okay. I just know that a certain character The actual dies. very ending wasn't spoiled for me. Okay. But things leading up to it was. Was, yeah. So I wonder if that would have had a different impact on me. It's such a tough question. Um, okay. Positive takeaways. Yeah. The acting is some of the best I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Most Naughty Dog games, like yeah. their motion capture acting. It's Incredible. a beautiful game. Um, the music. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Gustav something? Yeah. His guitar. Yeah. Then you've got... Um, the gameplay was better. Yeah. Very similar, but it was 
better. Honestly, I really like the first gameplay in the first it's one. It's simple, but and it's it's enough. Yeah, and I thought the multiplayer in that See, game. See, I never played multiplayer. Oh, dude, I've heard it's good. A lot of people said they yeah. have it, and yeah. it's like amazing. It's one of my actually favorite multiplayer. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. No, um, it's your podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, I think it's too long. It's like thirty hours, Whew, depending yeah. on if you. I'm a guy that does search for every little thing, every yeah, nook same. and cranny, every cabinet. No, you have to in that game. Yeah, so it was thirty something hours for me when I knew it was coming out. I took a whole weekend. I said, I'm just it's Last of Us this weekend because yeah. the first one is so special to me. Same. Um, first video game to make me cry. And I was like, I didn't know yeah. video games were capable of that this. That one, and then Detroit Become Human happened. Yeah. The ending of Death Stranding happened. I haven't played that Which one was yet. a 60-hour game. Of just stranding. <laughs> it was a lot of delivering just packages. Walking. Yeah. <laughs> but Mads Mikkelsen is one of the best actors yeah. ever. Uh, um, doesn't uh, Refn also have a cameo yeah, he's in that? It and Conan O'Brien. Somewhere. I never found the Conan. He's a robot or yeah. something in that. He's a projection of something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't like Norman Reedus. So, but yeah, because he's the that main was a good guy. game. The ending made it worth it. There's times okay. where it's a slog. There's a lot of exposition, especially by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, he's in. It. I didn't a know lot, he was in it. A lot. Yeah. Wow. Um, but the ending made it worth it. Yeah. Um, it was also my first Kojima experience. I've never played. Any it Kojima took me games. a little back. Yeah. Troy Baker's in it. Oh, Joel. really? He's in it. He's I love a villain. Um, Have you ever heard his story of when he auditioned for yes. The Last of Us? It's great. They you were shocked. They were like, this guy with the frosted tips. Yeah. And, the, and then there was another story about, you know, checking your pride as an actor at the door. Yeah. So when they filmed the emotional opening scene with Joel and his daughter for Last of Us, he gave this really raw, yelling angry emotional performance for that scene and then Druckmann came back and said hey we want to redo that and he was as an actor he was like why that's we you know I gave everything I had that was a good scene but then he realized when they redid it oh this is what's right for that I let my my ego as an actor get ahead of what was right for the scene yeah which is always a very important thing yeah to learn and to learn early because sometimes you ex- you want to give that emotional performance. Yeah. This is why I became a Risen Med fan. I watched the night of, and I go, when is he going to have an emotional breakdown? And he didn't really have an, a breakthrough emotional moment. He was very subtle the whole series. And when yeah, I was done with it, I was like, that's how it should be. You know, if he would have gone and done that, it wouldn't feel right. Yeah. So, you know, he had a couple moments in Sound of Metal, but a lot of it was subtle. Yeah. Like the scene that always stick outs to me is um there's two, the very ending. Yeah. Oh, well two, three. Yes. The very ending, right before the ending when him and his girlfriend are holding each other and they're completely different people. Yeah. And then when he first goes to the doctor about his hearing and they're doing the test and it's all just facial acting. Yeah. It's incredible. He did have a couple moments where he blew up, but that's natural in that moment. Oh yeah, yeah. You're a musician and you're losing your hearing. Yeah. And you're going to get angry about that. My favorite scene from that, and honestly, when I was watching it, because no one had been on I watched it like when it first dropped on Amazon, which is funny because I first heard of it back in 2019. No kidding. It's a film that I was in got accepted into TIFF, 
I can't remember. I was looking at the lineup, and it was like Sound of Metal was playing before or after. But then, like, it sounded like the premise was there, and I clicked on it. And I was like, oh, Razor Man, I love him. And then I didn't really recognize anyone else. And I was like, heavy metal drummer loses. And it had really great reviews. Right. It almost had better reviews than any other film that year at TIFF, but I don't think it won anything. First-time director, too. But, uh, yeah, and, like, I kept kind of checking in on it over. And then when Amazon got a hold of it, I finally sat down and watched it. And the scene between him and Paul Ritchie, I'm just going to say that because I think that's I yeah. think that's, I think that's right. his name. Near the end of the film where, like, he's telling him he's, he's raised money. No, he needs to get a loan from him right. to go get these things. And uh, Paul Ritchie is just like uh, – like, because it's – I've seen – I haven't seen that specific thing happen, but I've definitely seen someone at their lowest asking like an adult for money or for right. something that. So like, I was like, man, that just was so like incredibly real. And like, it was like, ah, man, it made me tear up. Cause I was like, man, I, I think both these guys just won an Oscar here in the scene. Yeah. And they were ended up getting nominated, which is still a huge honor. But yeah, that movie, I need to rewatch it. Well, I think a lot of people will be mad that Chad McBoseman didn't win based on that fact alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And he did win every single Best Actor award leading up to the Oscars. Yeah. But Oscars are a completely different game. Like when Kathy Bates won for Misery, she wasn't nominated for hardly any other awards until the Oscars. The same thing with like Marissa Tomei. When she won for My Cousin, right. like she wasn't nominated for anything. Olivia Coleman hardly won anything for The Favorite. Glenn Close was winning a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and you're then right. Olivia Coleman yeah. Adrian Brody and The Pianist. That's one of my favorite uh, Oscar wins ever. Yes, no one expected. Everyone was thinking like Daniel Day-Lewis in Gangs of New York or Nick Cage in, I think it was uh, Adaptation. Yeah. Oh, dude, and he's it, actually really amazing in that. Um, and It was Jack Adrian Nicholson and Michael Caine, I think. Meryl Streep's in it. Um uh, what's his face? One um, Cooper. Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. He's great in that too. For yeah, for adaptation. Yeah, he's always great. Oh yeah, always. Whenever I had, did you see Little Women? He has like a very, very no. small role in that, but he's amazing. I did not see Little Women. Why not? It didn't interest me, and I love the actresses in it except for Emma Watson. I love Florence Pugh. I love Saoirse Ronan. They're two of my new favorites. Yeah. In fact, I thought Florence Pugh should have been nominated and maybe won an Oscar for Midsummer. I thought she should have won for Little Women. I thought she was going to. She's that She was good from out here, but I don't want to see Timothy Chalamet unless I have to. Like, I watched Lady Bird. I love Lady Bird. <laughs> but I. You should watch it just to have said to watch it, just because uh, Florence Pugh. Chris Cooper give amazing performances. I didn't know he was in that. Uh, very small role, but like the role that he does have is he just crushes. Well, it's it. just like he had a part in. I remember him in American Beauty. Yeah. Him in um, Dude, a beautiful just, day in the neighborhood. Yeah, he's great in that. Even August Osage County, as much of a cheese fest as that movie is, yeah. Meryl Streep and Julie Roberts just eating scenery, chewing scenery. <laughs> it was Chris <laughs> Cooper. Chris Cooper was my. Oh, yeah, he's always just amazing. He was in the JFK Stephen King series with James Franco. Yeah. Um, he's always good. I I actually watched American Beauty the f- for the very first time this year. Really? It was on HBO Max. What'd you think? I, uh, it's a little weirder now uh, with I, Kevin Spacey Yeah, stuff. I don't know if it was because of that or just because I didn't. Like, honestly, until you just said American Beauty, I forgot it was even a movie. Well, like, I didn't hate it, but I was like... I, I think I was I maybe think was expecting more. Yeah, it definitely should have won. Best I've seen picture. better Sam Mendes movies. Oh yeah, he. I think that's. I think Revolutionary Road is better, and I know it has problems. I might like Quantum of Solace more than I like. Ooh, that isn't Sam Mendes. Oh wait, uh, no. What's the other one? He's Skyfall good? and um, um, 
What's the one he did after that? That's not as good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know uh, what yeah. is it called? The one that's with the kill me. Uh, skull mask is yeah, like Spectre. S- Spectre. Sam and Smith that, did the song. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that one. I think more than American Beauty. But I, d- I don't. And then again, I don't know if it's because of Kevin Spacey, who is an, Kevin an, Spacey won an Oscar for that. Yeah, he won. Um, yeah. I think Annette Bening is one of the best things about it. She is actually. Who is the one guy? Wes Bentley. I can't stand him either. I know a lot. Actually, another actor friend of mine actually doesn't like him either. I think he's like fine. You know what I mean? I don't like. He was the villain in Ghost Rider. <laughs> That's right. He played uh, Blackheart. Blackheart with Nick Cage and Eva Mendes and um, what's his face? Plays the cowboy one. Uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. That's a weird movie. It is. It was actually, it's kind of dark in a lot of ways. Rebel Wilson also has a very small part in that. She plays the goth girl. Yes, she does. Um, I'm not a Rebel Wilson fan. I had my final straw in Cats. Don't ask me why I watched that. Dude, at least she and What's-His-Face like bashed it. But then again, they probably did get a nice... Well, James Corden was also given behind-the-scenes interviews about how revolutionary the technology was, the fur technology. So, he knows what he did. Yeah. I mean, it did win Best Picture. And Tom Hooper has won an Oscar. For King's Speech, yeah. Like, who thought that was a good idea? I mean, people who like cats didn't even think it was a good idea. (laughs) There are only a couple things about that movie that I enjoy. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Because I love Ian McKellen and anything. Yeah, he's pretty great. Jennifer Hudson can sing. Yeah, that's that's about it. That's about it. That's about it. Uh, I can't stand James Corden. Jason Derulo was one of the better things in the movie. I didn't know who that was until I watched the trailer. Because he didn't have all the auto-tune. Oh, I'm so out of sync with, like, today's music. I was like, who is Jason Derulo? I I knew Taylor Swift. That was... Compared to a lot of her other singing, I liked her better in Cats. I don't, I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment. Oh, it's an <laughs> or insult. A I mean, it's a little bit of a compliment, but it's an insult to her other songs in the past. Yeah. But her newer music that she just won a Grammy for yeah. um, is actually better. I don't watch the Grammys. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of award shows nowadays because COVID era, it's kind of hard and I'm not going to go deep into this, but I just don't like politics in general. I'm very yeah. apolitical. I don't like any of them. Same. <laughs> so, like, I've, I'm strongly along the belief of award shows are there to celebrate that year in that craft. That's what we're there to celebrate. And I don't care if you want to talk about politics. You have your own Instagram, Twitter, your yeah. own time for that. We're here. We have three, four hours to celebrate this. I I understand you want to get out there and speak on what's your mi- what's on your mind. That's yeah. okay. But to me do it on your own time. Like yeah. I'm there to thank the people that helped me get there along the way yeah. and the people involved in the project that I won for whatever that is. I wish it was more about like the love of film right. and like the actual craft. But sometimes you do see people get up there and actually genuinely like thank Adrian people. Brody was one. Dude, you know? yeah. Matthew McConaughey is my favorite speech no. I've ever Best Oscar speech ever. Michael Caine also has a great when he won for Cider House Rules. When he ju- he literally just talked about the nominees and how great they were. Well, a lot of people misconstrued McConaughey's speech. 
really? as egotistical. What? They didn't understand what he meant. And how he thinks about things, I just, uh, he's one of my favorites. I yeah. just read his book. His book is his great. Book green is Lights. Yeah. Read Green Lights. Yeah, not it's promotional, but it's really good. Um, but his thinking on things is similar to mine. Um, to paraphrase him, he basically said, uh, someone came up to him one time and said, who's your hero? And he said, uh, me in 10 years. Yeah. 10 years go by, someone says, Oh, are, have, are you your own hero? Have you become your hero? And he says, no. Uh, my hero is me in another 10 years. I'll n- never be my hero. Yeah. That's kind of my same mindset when it comes to anything I do. I want to be the absolute best. I'll never be the best. But yeah. to get the best out of myself, to push myself. You have to at least strive for I it. I have yeah. to strive for it. And not everyone understands that. Yeah. And I have to learn to be okay with that. Yeah. Because sometimes when you strive to be your best and you push yourself so hard, you know, I've learned this by doing what I've done the past couple years and just going nonstop. You're unintentionally going to, you know, maybe upset someone. Yeah. You're unintentionally going to hurt someone's feelings or something because you're pushing yourself so much. But they ultimately sometimes don't understand because they're not you. Yeah. They're not in your mind. They mindset. don't know what's going on up here. And sometimes they just don't ask or they don't understand enough to ask. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's been times where people don't fully understand what I'm doing or they don't get it or they don't agree with it. It's That's something I'm realizing as I grow up is, like, when I say things, I'm like, oh, people don't understand what I mean by that just because I know, like, everything what's in my mind, like you just said. Even though I'm trying to convey that, they still don't understand. And it's but then you're like, I don't have time to sit down and explain for three hours what I'm trying to do. If you, <laughs> you wear multiple I mean? hats, yeah, like if you're producing something, writing, directing, editing, sometimes even acting in it, any aspect of it like that, shooting it, whatever, mm-hmm. you don't have, like you said, time for any of that. No, you don't. And sometimes people don't fully understand the weight of that. Yeah. And when you come on set. You don't have time to just ask everyone every little question. You have to make assumptions because, <laughs> yeah. oh like, yeah, to quote a a director who is competent but was doing it over a bad movie. There's a great documentary about the making of Phantom Menace that's better than the actual film. Yeah, and George Lucas is at a budget meeting and he said, "We got to find a way to get my movie made." And that's ultimately the mindset that you kind of have to have. Like, yeah. we have to get my movie made. If we have to come back and reshoot it, I don't want to come back and do reshoots. <laughs> but if we have to, we have to. Yeah. What is it called? I um, haven't seen this. It's I on the behind the scenes. It's just about the making of the Phantom Menace. You can find it on YouTube. It's like an hour long. I think I might have seen a video clip out of that where they're talking about the script. They're and, talking about And, and in yeah. the script it says, and they fight. And he goes, ah, yeah. we'll figure that out later. Yeah. <laughs> And there's, there is one bit where they realize that the movie was too much when they watched the first cut. They're like, because one minute you're I doing this, and then you're doing one minute, and Lucas is like, we're pushing the boundaries in a lot of ways, but it boggles the mind. Yeah. Because they, they push so far. Have you ever read uh, the book Making Movies by Sidney Lumet? Or mm-hmm. Lumet? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great. For those who don't know that name, he directed 12 Angry Men, Dog Day Afternoon, Fugitive Kind, a bunch of great films. The, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, that was his last film. Have you seen that one with Philip Sweet? Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke? Mm-hmm. Great film. You should, you'd, you'd love it. Okay. But um, there's like, 
he essentially writes each chapter like of a portion of filmmaking. And he said the most stressful one is like watching the final cuts because like for the first cut, he says only like him and his wife and like the writer and producers are allowed in there. Second cut, maybe some actors will come in, maybe more producers. Third cut, just him. Fourth cut, him and his wife again. Fifth cut, him and his wife, some friends. And then, like, he just, like, it's insane how, how many times they just have to sit there and, like, watch it. And, of course, like, the first cut, no music. Everything looks terrible. And it's, like, one of the most stressful parts because you have to, like, look and you're watching something that's terrible. But there's promise there. And, uh, and like, eventually, over the course of all these different cuts, like, it starts coming together. I just I kind of like love and also hate that part of the process, and I'm sure you've experienced that a lot too, making a lot of short films. How many short films have you made? Guesstimate. I don't know. At one point, I was counting, but I stopped. Have you hit a hundred, or are you just right no. below? <laughs> I'm around twenty, probably. Twenty? That's no, right. that can't be it. Total films around twenty, probably. Oh, okay. That includes that you've a like few released? features. No, there's still a few I haven't released. Oh, okay. Um, there's in the teens of what I've released. Really? Mm-hmm. My question is, how come I haven't starred in all of them? <laughs> well, you've starred in one. I've started one, And yeah. I didn't know you before that one. Yeah. And then COVID happened. So let's blame the universe. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I was counting at one point, but I just kind of yeah. stopped. Um, I slowed down a lot after last February. Yeah. Started doing some music videos. Uh, for a local uh, hip hop rap artist, I've did I've done about seven videos. That was about the widest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Talking <laughs> about me, what would be my <laughs> rap name? Who? Red Fizzy. I had a nickname for you last weekend. That I meant to send you, but I forgot. Something like uh, was it? Did, was Ginger? Something bare and nasty, maybe. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Um, it was good though, because I thought about it on the way back from shooting. <laughs> um, That's actually pretty good. I just like that something bare nasty. Something bare nasty. Yeah, I'm something bare nasty. I'm classy. I'm pretty. I'm Man. not a rapper. There's a reason I'm not a rapper. Man, um, I auditioned to play. I I, I auditioned uh, to play Eminem in Eight Mile. <laughs> so I can even keep a straight face when I said that. Uh, Same thing. <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always wanted to have you in something else. I don't. It, after once February hit, like I had this idea when I first started Echo Productions. It was like I'm gonna do as much as I can for two years. Yeah. Uh, and last February was around the two year mark, and I did Baby with Egypt. Yes. And then like. I did a couple pickups on and reshoots on Attack, which yes. started before Baby. Is that officially released? That's officially to the released. public. Go yes. check it out. Yes, please. Um, you know, being in small town, we don't get many views. Yeah. But any view is nice. So yeah. I, it's much appreciated. Um, I think we're at like a hundred right now. That's not it's bad, not, man. Not I much. I watched the whole thing. I really liked it. Oh, I appreciate that. It's one of my more personal ones. Yeah. It's like Harrison's character, and that is kind of me from a few years yeah. ago. Really, I thought it was me. I thought you had read my biography. Well. <laughs> That's unpublished. <laughs> um, That's not finished. That's only not three finished. pages. Yeah. Last time I was here, I just found 
you know, like uh, <laughs> scattered notes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I no, it was me from a few years ago. I went through a rough patch after a breakup, and I was mm-hmm. really bad off. And that's like I had to teach Harrison how to have these anxiety attacks, like I used to have. Yeah. Um, which were basically almost like seizures. Um, and then parts of Kim were me as well. So it was kind of just two, I wanted to have just two people just talk. Yeah. And the biggest compliment I've gotten from that one was it doesn't feel like a movie. And I really am happy with that. Yeah. It just feels like two people, real people talking about how they deal with depression and other issues in their own way. And not everyone is the same. There's another film I have in post that's almost finished now called Siblings that's about grief. Not everyone grieves the same way. No, no. So it's, that's, a lot of my stuff is you take what people naturally think is the right way to act in a moment or the right thing to say in a moment, and you kind of turn that on its head. Yeah, I love that. Um, Like the one we filmed here last weekend, The Lady and the Lover, um, shout out to Brittany and Karen, great actresses, even better people. Um, and uh, there's an extra at one point that walks the out sampling, in the parking lot. The sampling. Yeah, the sampling. Um, it was, that was a really, even more of a situation where you, as we were talking before we came on, the film is not a confrontation. Yeah. It's a conversation. Because you look at a situation that, what that film is kind of about, and people would naturally look at that and say, well, this is how I would act. That's yeah. not how everyone act, would yeah. necessarily act. Not everyone is the same. And when you can make the audience realize that it's not how they would react, and then maybe they become interested. Sometimes people tune it out. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, this doesn't, I don't feel this. Yeah. But sometimes they're intrigued by the difference. And, like, I'm intrigued when something doesn't, when it's a character, like, if I'm watching something and I go, well, this is how they're going to act, and then they don't. It surprises me. Yeah. And that intrigues me. And that's different. And so that's what I try to do. I, I try to have a certain style, but try to bring something different for each one. Um, you know, I've tried to do multiple genres. There's still a few I haven't done. I haven't done a full-on romance. Have I you done a musical yet? No, but I've had an idea for one. Let's do it. <laughs> Because we both can sing great. Yeah, it should start us, and we can't sing or dance. Um, Yeah, I had an idea for one. I've had an idea for a sci-fi before. Sci-fi is hard to do. It's hard to do when you have no money. Yeah, just tinfoil hats. (laughs) Or you could do like a her. You could do maybe a science type deal. Yeah, maybe, yeah. You'd have to get some good artists. But mainly I stick to drama the most. I've done a comedy. Yeah. Um, I've done multiple silent films. I've done silent films are the best as a filmmaker. I love silent. Well, they're it easier. Half, it takes half the trouble out. You don't have to worry about sound. <laughs> yeah, but it is a little tougher on the actors. It is, yeah, because they have you to know? convey a lot more. Right. Sometimes and they have to be uh, speaking on having done what they do. You have to do some bigger gestures that don't really feel grounded. Sure. So you have to practice that a lot to make them feel grounded. Right. Uh, like, I remember my first ever silent film experience was not even an old one. It what It's what got me to watching silent films was The Artist. The Artist, yeah. I actually watched that for the first I time last the year. Amazing. That dog is awesome. 
Should have got a supporting actor nomina- <laughs> nomination. That would have been great. That guy won Best Actor. He that did, year at the Oscars, yeah. and you've hardly seen him since. He was in Wolf of Wall Street, Very and he small was in role. Monuments Men. I haven't seen Monuments Men, but I he had a very small. Won't. Yeah, I probably. Won't. I haven't liked a George Clooney directed movie since Ides of March, because Suburbicon wasn't that good. I didn't like The Midnight Sky. I didn't see that one. Um, I'm trying to think of one I have liked by him. He did Leatherheads. Fun fact. I uh that movie I did Twelve My Orphans mm-hmm. all the equipment you see in that we rented from uh the people who owned it who let the people from Leatherheads use it okay, so one of awesome. us wears a helmet that George Clooney put his head or in or John Krasinski or John Krasinski or Renee Zellweger <laughs> no <laughs> I don't think she was a football player in that movie but um that's an okay movie I, I can't yeah think. I feel like there's got to be one I've liked did he do Michael Clayton no. He was in it. He was in it, but he didn't. He direct didn't direct it. the American. He was in it. I, I really liked Ides of March. I need to watch that one. I the love, first, I'm a huge Ryan Gosling fan. I've yeah, never seen that. The first play I ever produced on my own independently was the play that that movie was based on called oh, Farragut really? North. I played Ryan Gosling's character. Nice. Yeah. Um. It was. Uh, I like that play. It was a fun play. Um. I want. I wanted to ask you about directors. I had this interesting question. Really the only, like, I guess, prepared question I had for you. Because I thought about it the other day in the car, and I was trying to ask myself it. I was like, oh, I bet Jesse would appreciate this question. If you could bring any deceased director back to life, who would it be? And you only get one movie to show them. What would it be, like, from, like, the 2000s? I think it'd be amazing to like bring Al- Alfred Hitchcock alive and show him like Hereditary or Midsummer, or even yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay, just to <laughs> and him just to be, be like freaked out. Yeah. Just to be different, I'll say Kubrick, and show him Return of the King. Oh, dude, yes. I didn't think of that one. Do you think he'd like it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Did he ever like publicly say what his like favorite films were? Do you like looking at that stuff? Like, I'm a big fan of, like, looking at, like, the Criterion channel actually has, like, a pretty, if you go on their website, you can look at, like, at all the directors that have a film on Criterion, and they list their, like, top ten favorite Criterion films, which is kind of cool. And then you, you're like, oh, that makes sense. They're just a combination of, like, all these directors and films. Who is your favorite director? My favorite director is Christopher Nolan. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. my number one. Num- he's a populist director too. People, regular, average Joes love him. Yeah, love him. He 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 gets people in the theaters, and it's not just Batman. He like yeah. Interstellar was widely Inception. like reg- Inception's my favorite film of all time. Amazing. And then you know Dunkirk. Yeah. Tenet. The Prestige. I love the Prestige. Memento is one of like my favorite like thrillers of all yeah. time. I even really like his first film, Following. He also did Insomnia. Yeah. Had a dude, great Al- Robin Williams performance. Al Pacino and Robin Williams are yeah. both great in that, as is Hilary Swank, who she kind of disappeared, by the way. But She was um, in a Netflix film a few years ago called I, I Saw Mother. That, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I want to. Yeah. I miss her. Uh, Million Dollar Baby, she kills me every time. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't watch that movie without tearing up a bit. Clint Eastwood, man. Unforgiven is probably my favorite Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. Mine is uh, 15 1 to Paris. <laughs> I couldn't even say that without laughing. <laughs> 
What about hereafter <laughs> or trouble with the curve? Yeah, yeah, my favorite. Hey, I actually have a buddy who's in that who Sully met Clint Eastwood. W- really? I actually have two friends that have worked with Clint Eastwood. Which I'm very chill. jealous. Yeah. Instead of saying action, he just, he just says, rolls uh, his fingers. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. That's amazing. I love Sully that. was great. I thought. I have to. I have to watch that. Sully one. was really good. I'm a big fan. Aaron Eckhart's in that movie, right? Yes, with Tom Hanks. He honestly, every time I watch The Dark Knight, I'm like, man, how like how is he kind of like snubbed from a overlooked bunch of stuff? totally because Heath Ledger was I so know, great. I know, but like he, Aaron Eckhart's amazing in that. Well, I thought Tom Hardy was great as Bane too. So did I. But yeah, and it just like. Killian Murphy was great as Scarecrow. Oh, yeah. Liam Neeson Raz was great Ghul. as Raza Ghul. So yeah. it's like, but everyone remembers the Joker. Yeah, because he's the villain. Yeah, I like uh, Eric Roberts as Maroni in The Dark Knight oh, too. Yeah, he's great. In that. Do you did you know that before they did Inception, Leo was in talks to play the Riddler? Yes. Yeah. But he ended up doing Inception, and there was always rumors of Johnny Depp as well. As oh, the Riddler. I could see that, yeah. But I think Leo could have been a cool Riddler. And Le- yeah. actually, speaking of Leo, his production company has just bought the rights for to do an American version of Another of Round. Of Another Round. How do you feel about that? I haven't seen Another Round yet, but I'm going to. I love Mads Mikkelsen. He's so, great. Um, I hear the movie's great. To me, do we have to Americanize everything? Yeah, I don't understand why you have like to do that. Like, they're doing a Parasite series. Um, oh, for HBO. Adam uh, McKay. Like, they did a Snowpiercer series, and I'm just like, the movie was enough. Yeah. So, with another round, it's like, it's a great foreign film. Why do we, why do some people look at foreign films as, like, they don't count? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of foreign films. I guess, like... Sometimes you do them well. So, like, The Departed was based on Infernal, yeah. infernal Affairs. Affairs, yeah. You know? But it's just like, okay, The Raid and The Raid 2 are Indonesian. Mm-hmm. But they had great followings in America. Are we just going to remake the Raid movies? They're Those doing are that amazing. with the Train to Busan, I think. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be hilarious if someone tried to remake like Bicycle Thief? Or <laughs> so, wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> I tried showing that to my family this year, and uh, we were in North Carolina, and I brought like a stack of movies. Yeah. And I was like, this one, they, they, they. I mean. Uh, I don't think. I mean, my parents watch uh, like a lot of foreign television, so I was like, I think they're gonna like this one. And then I was like, I'm gonna try to see if my younger brothers will like enjoy because they've never seen a foreign film before. And so I'm like, I really want to watch it. It's really short because it's only like an hour and thirty minutes, maybe even less. And I put it on. My dad like falls asleep like twenty minutes in. My mom like gets up and walks out like forty minutes after. And then my brothers actually sat through the whole thing. And then at the end, I was like, did you guys like it? And they were like, it was too depressing. <laughs> well, imagine if you took a great film like Burning, which was a Stephen Yuen Dude, film. I just watched that um, like last week. If they took Burning or Shoplifters. Shoplifters is great, too. Or they took something along those lines of Son of Saul. I haven't seen that one. Something like that. And they just Americanize it. It's like, what's the point? Burning. Because you're not really doing it for money. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe for awards, like anytime Leo does something, it's supposedly gonna oh, be yeah. you know award worthy type stuff. But it's just like another round. Let's say it, like I haven't seen it, but people are raving about it. Yeah. Why remake it in the in English? What's the what's the goal there besides award love? But it already got because most love, critics you know, so. exactly love the original version. So what's the point? I don't know. I think the I think you should only remake films if the movie had an amazing premise but just wasn't 
it just wasn't fulfilled as well as it could have been. Well, we're in sense. this age where they want to remake everything. Like, there's been rumors of eventually remaking Lord of the Rings. It's just like, why? You know, they tried to remake Ben Hur. Please don't. Oh yeah, and that like bombed big time. Yeah, it was awful. You know, don't ever remake Ten Commandments. Don't ever remake The Godfather. Dude, they're remaking Scarface. No, they're making a film. They're actually making a film about the making of The Godfather. Did you that's, see that? No, but that's cool. That's cool. Because don't they ever wanted, remake that, The Godfather. No. Though. It's cool because of everything went on behind it. They were wanting to get rid of uh, Pacino. Aaron and I just, she had never seen The Godfather. So we sat down and we watched it together. And then when it was finished, I turned over to her and I said, what did you think? And for a moment I was like scared. Because, you know, the typical like answer sure. is like, eh, it was boring, it was okay. She goes, I think that's one of the best films I've ever seen. Yeah. And in my mind I was like, yeah, that's why I'm marrying this chick. It's just shout out to Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so when people say they don't a- when they a- they always ask like what's your favorite film, but they can also ask I think a more interesting question is what do you think the best film ever is? Not your favorite. Yeah. So Cuz that's a different It's totally it's you have to look at me. it differently. My favorite film is The Dark Knight. I think it's up there as one of the best, but Man, that first Godfather movie is up there, well, as see, is a bunch always, of other great films. I always pull three. So, okay. Godfather Part 1. A lot of people like Part 2 better. I think Part 1 part is better, one, and they're that's close. because of Brando. They're close, I but I, I like Number 1 a little bit so better. So, I go f- for Part 1. The other film that I say is basically, you have to look at it from all aspects. Acting, directing, writing, music, Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Godfather if I'm in Part 1. He's really <laughs> trying today. So, I've got... Godfather Part One, Apocalypse Godfather Now, Part Three, <laughs> <laughs> Sophia Coppola, man. Um, Sorry, no, Apocalypse Now. Two Francis Ford Coppola. Yes, wow. and the third one is Return of the King. Yeah, I would either go. I think, just based Apocalypse Now, so great. The first time I watched it, I was like, "Eh, it's okay." The second time I watched it, I was like, "I'm Same. an idiot." The second time I watched it, I watched it in the proper m- mood. Same, same. I watched it the first time I watched it during the day on TV. I forced myself to watch it because it was a classic. And then I watched it. I was like, it was okay. Second time I watched it, I was like, this is one of my favorite yes. war films ever. If not just war films, but films. Second time I watched it, I watched it by myself alone at like 2 in the morning when it was raining outside. <sighs> Dude, perfect. That's perfect. Time. It's yeah. just like, that's when you got to watch Blade Runner. Dude, yes. But yes. the first time I watched Apocalypse Now, I watched it on TV, so there's commercial breaks during the uh, day. Commercial, ugh. And I didn't Gross. get it, because my dad was always like, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. But I never got, I didn't get yeah. it the first time. I didn't get the mentality of it. Mm. Like, I was sitting there, and, the, you know, Martin Sheen gets there. Yeah. We finally reach Brando, and he doesn't kill him. Yeah. And I'm just like, why doesn't he, but it's not about that. It's about literally... The horror of war. Yes. Oh, it's so great. So, you know, those are the three I, I, I always bring yeah. out when someone asks that. Because overall, you look at everything in those films, and it's like it's hard to say against those three. Now, if I had to pick uh, out of those three, that's, you know, yeah. being biased, I would have to choose Return of the King because I'm a huge Lord of the Rings diehard. Yeah. But if I had to look objectively, I don't know what I would say. Yeah, my three would probably be, and this is just me spitballing, the best films of all time. I'd probably go, and not in specific order, Return of the King, Godfather's up there, 
the, the Dark Knight's up there for me. But then again, you have Alfred Hitchcock's Kubrick. Uh, Which Kurosawa Hitchcock films. would you put in there, though? I My favorite, and I think his best, in my opinion, is Rear Window. Vertigo comes in close second. You know, Just I, there are some parts in Vertigo I think could be cut out. But Rear Window, I think, from start to finish is perfect. I'm a big Psycho guy. Because oh, the, uh, the Anthony Perkins performance. The only thing I don't like about that film is the actor who plays the Sam. He's not good. I don't know <laughs> when the last time you watched it. It's just it's he's it's like everyone else is like immensely talented, and then like you have this guy who looks like he's reading a script the entire time, which right. is very weird. Well, just this past year, I watched a Hitchcock film for the first time. I watched Rope. Oh, dude, I love I Rope. Like Honestly, Rope. I, I know, really like Rope. I know people who don't. I'm like Hitchcock I, I didn't like it. A, it was it was ballsy. I thought it was really cool for yeah, the time. James Stewart gives a great performance, like always. And the two guys, one of them is also in Strangers on a Train, which is honestly yes, my top I five. I like Strangers on a Train. I think that's a great... Honestly, I think you could remake that one. I think that's like one of the few Hitchcock ones you could remake because um, some of the performances aren't that great. Because, you know, it's like 1950s performances. But if they did like a real grounded maybe gritty version of that that'd be really cool actually ben affleck i think was going to remake it like years ago but then dropped out of it or something but um but then like i said you have Kubrick films and stuff that are masterpieces um top three that's tough well since we're speaking on masterpieces let me ask you this yes what do you think is a film that's so overrated don't uh, you can jump to Avatar, but I don't think Avatar is overrated. I actually have I a special place in my heart for Avatar so because that's believe. Uh, so my grandfather, who's passed away, we he took me to go see. He would take me to Hollywood 18, which just crushed down. They just yeah. demolished it. He took me to go see that in 3D, and I remember turning over to him and looking at him. And his mouth was just wide open because yeah. he'd never seen anything like that before. My so mom, I have a li- place. my mom, literally said, "Wow!" when they were <laughs> flying up into the floating mountains. Yeah, and I was like, "But it's like, oh, she really like." I it's rare nowadays because everything is so CGI heavy, and a lot of it doesn't look good sometimes. Oh. Avatar was way ahead of its of everyone I, else, and it was like it felt like I was in a completely different world like, i like the bad guy in that what's his name uh the actor oh um steven he was in don't breathe yes and he was also in he played uh happy in the death of the cells movie with dustin hoffman yeah what is his name steven yang or something yeah something like that yeah yeah, yeah. i like him in that just because he's like this just he, he he's exactly what he's supposed to be just this butch macho like bad a like uh, uh, another one that people go to for overrated yeah, is Gladiator, but I love Gladiator. Gladiator. I think Gladiator is awesome. One of those movies I watched for the first time, didn't like it. Second time, I appreciated it a lot more. But overrated movies. Um, American Beauty comes to mind. Uh, what about American Hustle? Uh, dude, honestly, I'm very one of the few people that thinks that movie's perfect. Oh man, you don't like I it? I think it's good. I really love that movie, actually. And I, I let Aaron watch it, and she was like, I didn't like it. And I was I like, everyone I've told to watch it had said that. I think I had, I think I made Harrison watch it, and he didn't like it. I think The Fighter is much better. I think The Fighter is much better, too. But, uh, there's something about American Idol. I just love, it's just, I think it has a great rhythm well, to it. Well, it's a heist film, and 
people have certain soft spots for heist films, I, just yeah. like certain people. Like I'm a huge soft spot for Scorsese mobster movies. Oh, dude! Well, speaking so, of Scorsese and masterpieces, man, you got to throw one of his films up there. Taxi Driver, I think. You is know, everyone goes to that, and they always go to Taxi Driver and Goodfellas. I always go to Raging Bull. Raging Bull's great too. Um, there's a lot of and Hugo. I never saw Hugo. <laughs> I never saw Hugo because too. I always, I always heard you know. theaters is where you need to see that movie because of the 3D. And I just eh, no, not really. Um, I watch. I mean, it's okay film. It's I think good. The Irishman is a masterpiece. The Irishman is pretty good. I could have watched <laughs> three more hours, like in one sitting. It just blew Dude, me away. Uh, Pacino, De Niro, Pesci. Pesci was all my favorite. Together, movie. were just amazing. Pesci was my absolute favorite. I, I've I have a soft spot for Pacino. He was my favorite part. De Niro was pretty great too. Whenever oh, he he's on the phone <laughs> talking to the wife. Oof. My favorite scene in the whole film is when they're at De Niro's party. And oh, it's after yeah. They, I think it's before he's given him the ring. And Pacino is not listening to anybody. And Pesci says, look, you did the right thing. You served time. You didn't talk. But these guys, you know, they want, they're saying this. They're saying that. And he's like, this is my, my union, whatever. And that interaction, because I was sitting there and I was like, Wow, this is Pesci, Pacino, and Scorsese, and De Niro. Yeah. I'll never see it again. No, no, you won't. That's that's really sad to say, but at least we have that film forever. It was it's already released on Criterion. Like oh, like within that. a year. I need it too. But it's actually not that bad on like Amazon. It's only like twenty bucks on D V D, but you gotta get the Blu ray when you get Criterion. Oh, yeah. Like I was telling you before I think before we started I, I I really don't care between DVD and Blu-rays, but with Criterion, you you get it. You I've got two splurge. Criterion. I've got Blue is the Warmest Color, a foreign film. I haven't film. seen that one. Not everyone likes it. It's got graphic lesbian sex scenes, but okay. you know I feel like they're overdone. But to a point, I can see why they were done the way they were. Uh, but it's a haunting film. What's the other one? Watership Down, dude. One uh, of the freakiest. Yes. Haunting things I've ever watched in my life. And I saw it for the first time as an adult. Me too. I just watched it last year. It shook me. Don't watch the Netflix series. I saw that James. The animation looks bad. It is. Because the one in this one is amazing. It's British animation. It's 70s. John Hurt's in it. Yeah. It's a scary film. There's like only one. I didn't like. They do this like song tribute to like this rabbit that hasn't really died oh, yeah. i wasn't a big fan of that but everything else was i was really impressed with there was some freaky stuff in yeah the movie. yeah but um those are two criteria now oh just snap overrated film you know what i think what i think the little mermaid is so overrated i'm gonna be honest with you uh aaron and i watched that la maybe this year and during it i was like i'm really not impressed I'm with I, this, how I used to be as a child. I have a problem I with Ariel. In years. My problem is with Ariel. Yeah. Because she doesn't learn a lesson. No, she doesn't. She gets exactly, exactly. what she wants. Because after it was done, I was like, oh, okay, so essentially disobey your parents, put everyone else in okay. harm way, and then you get married to the guy. <laughs> and you, you know, live happily ever after. Belle and the Beast learned a lesson. Yeah. Simba learned a lesson. Um, have you seen the French version of Beauty and the Beast, like the original, like 1928 no, one? No. It's weird. Yeah. The They've done other versions since great. then that are weird, too. They've done other Pinocchio versions, too. One came out really, last year. Yeah. It was no nominated for something. Yeah, it was nominated for Best Special Effects or Makeup um, or something. But, you know, I think when I think of Overrated, that's one of them. 
Uh, speaking of Disney movies, overrated. Ooh, I might throw Beauty and the Beast up there. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm not a, that big of a fan. I'm trying to think of Pixar films that I think are overrated. There's uh, some that I think aren't that good, but I don't think they were hugely overloved. Like Cars, I don't think was hugely praised. No. Bugs Life, I don't think was hugely praised. I like all. I like both of those. You could possibly say, and I love this movie, but you could possibly say Incredibles too, because there were some uh, people who were saying, "Oh, it's much better than the first one." I'm just what, like, who said that? The first one was incredible. The first one's like, a masterpiece. No pun intended, but. It's one of the like best superhero film like action film like it's a great family superhero film. There's never a moment in that film that needs to be taken out. Like I think it's one of those films that has like perfect pacing. You're either laughing. The villain was so much better. Oh yeah, syndrome. The second one you can see the villain coming. Oh yeah, from a mile um, away. It's because she had the hair that and like, then went when down in her eye. <laughs> it's like when yeah, it's, she's the bad when guy. When it's revealed that it's her, and you hear her, you realize what her name is. I already forget. What is it? It was like, it had to do with evil. I forget if it was Evelyn or something. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, I see what she did there. Oh, very clever, Brad Bird. What yeah. happened? I, I still like Incredibles 2 a lot. I think it's funnier than the first one. This made one, me think, because Bob Odenkirk voices the brother in that. I just saw Nobody. Wasn't it awesome? What? Nobody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wasn't Dude. it awesome? Uh. I just I smiled the whole time. Yeah, it's so sh- it's it knows what it is. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so straightforward. It's taken from John Wick because it's the same writer. It's the same writer. But yeah. what makes the movie is you don't expect a guy like Bob Odenkirk because when you watch John Wick, you go or Taken, you go okay, Keanu Reeves, Liam yeah. Neeson. Now Liam Neeson started this whole thing because when you watch Taken, you didn't really think okay, this guy's about to kick someone's you know what. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then after that, it became yeah. a thing like you expect yeah. it. Keanu Reeves, we expected it. Um, Bob Odenkirk, you look at him and you go... He's a nobody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it... He... It was way more brutal than I thought it would be. But it was stereotypical in a lot of ways. The villain... um, Oh, yeah. Russian Russian guy. Yeah. Um, It was... But I had so much... I thought it was... I've told many people to go see it. Um, I really enjoyed it. And it... Honestly, even though like it plays like kind of those cliches on purpose, there were some moments that actually caught me off guard. Yeah, like whenever the bus fight took me because t- I knew it was coming, but I didn't think it would be that brutal. Ooh, man, yeah, it went on for a while too. Yeah, I, I made a little. Yeah, I went. Ugh. What was the sound I looked you made? Away at one point, Ugh. like <laughs> <laughs> just because there's certain parts, you know, the, uh, the throat part kind of. Yes. Like, yikes. But dude, when he, when the camera just goes to him, he's like, "I'm gonna mess you up." I was like, "Bob Odenkirk, I believe you." And then he proceeds to do that. Um, Christopher Lloyd, though, I love Christopher Lloyd. Made me kind of sad in that movie just because he's he's getting up there. Yeah, I was like, man, yeah, it's gonna stink when we the lose him. But he's great. Rizzo was in there. I didn't know who that was. Really? I don't know. Yeah, is he a musician or something? Or? He used to be. Gotcha. Because they kind of like was doing this whole reveal, and when they finally showed his face. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." They gave like a new person a like a part in a big film, and then I was like looking up online. I was like, "Oh, he's I think not. some of the dialogue was a little cheesy." Oh yeah, yeah, the ending but definitely. They is knew like, what it was, so yeah. Um, but Bob Odenkirk played it perfectly. Oh yeah, I absolutely I'm agree. I'm a huge Odenkirk fan, and it sounds like they're gonna do a sequel. 
Really? Yeah, just based off, uh, well, one, the cliffhanger kind of, and then it, I mean, it's done extremely well, both in the theater well, and hope, VOD. I hope they bring a good villain in to match him. They, uh, uh, do you ever listen to Conan O'Brien's podcast? No, but I do love Conan. He just was doing one with Bob Odenkirk promoting nobody, and like he was trying to convince him to like... Wouldn't that be awesome if Conan Dude. was a villain and they both look like they wouldn't be able to do anything, but they're both totally, you know, awesome? Dude, Conan O'Brien's like six foot five. Oh, he's so yeah. if he stepped into a room, I would kind of be in, and he's like honestly in pretty good shape. I mean, he's skinny, oh, yeah. but like he's, he's not ripped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They did that one of the, his, uh, several years ago. He was doing that prank with uh, Stephen Yoon, who was just nominated. Yep. Where they go into the sauna or whatever. The I Korean think he was spa. Doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's like jacked. You're like, wait, Conan O'Brien? You could be funny yeah. and jacked. But Steven Yeun, I'm a big fan of him. Speaking of burning, he's amazing in that. Earlier yes, when we were is. talking about the foreign film. That's when I started realizing he can. he's good because I didn't like his character in Walking Dead. When Glenn, I did watch. right? Yeah, I couldn't stand I've Glenn. never seen any of the Walking Dead, so. so I knew he was in it, though. And I, yeah. knew he, I knew he gets the baseball uh, bat to the face. Spoilers. Well, I mean, that's. I hadn't watched in the Walking Dead. Yeah, but that was like. Years ago or something. Burning was what started changing. Then Minari, he was great. But my favorite part of Minari was the wife. I thought yeah. she was really incredible. Did she get any noms or anything? No, not that I know. Of. I saw the little boy won. Did he really? Want, he won something. Did he, he win was a BAFTA good. or something? I don't know, but he was good. The, the, yeah. the grandmother was really good too. But that movie isn't for everyone. Yeah. Like average moviegoers are not going to like. Minari. I'd like to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. It's a slow. Paced, I don't mind you know, slow. There's play, no paced villain films. really. Yeah, it's just getting used to life at this certain time in America as a f- as immigrants really. Yeah, I love stuff like that. I'm I'm a really big fan of slow paced. Have you ever also, seen? Also, it's a mainstream film kind of where half the film, over half the film, maybe two thirds is in subtitles, and average moviegoers are like, I don't feel like reading subtitles. That's not fair. It's not. We should make this podcast just subtitles so people will learn their lesson. Yeah, you'll just read the entire thing. We'll just take the audio (laughs) out. Because the audio is a hassle. People don't realize how much effort I put into it. I mean, not really. I kind of just pop it in there and just like, eh. Just pop it in. Yeah. Room noise a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe just a little bit. Maybe not even that sometimes. But um, uh, where were we? So Uh, you thought... Beauty and the Beast was oh yeah we're talking about overrated right I will turn like I think it's good but I think it's not one of the best Disney films of all time well it was the first animated film to be nominated for best picture yeah it was yeah I think that's awesome but But see since then we had Up was nominated for best picture and Toy Story three but like I would I thought Soul should have been and Inside Out should have been Spirited Away should have been Spirited Oh, I thought you were about to be like, I don't no, like that. I, I was like, that dude, film. that's great. I watch, I've that's watched. That's probably the best animation I've ever seen. It's a gorgeous film. And what's funny about it is it's very weirdly structured. Yes, um, a lot but of like films it works. Are. But um, when I was watching that movie, uh, I pulled out my phone. I paused it, pulled out my phone. I was like, Spirited Away video game. Just because I was like, there's got to be a video. And there's there's none. I was like, this would be an amazing video game. Well, here's another one. What do you, what movies do you have a soft spot for that maybe other people don't like? Oh, uh, Tarzan, 1999. I love Tarzan. A lot of, a people, lot of people. Really? Are always. Well, the people say they like it, but they always like have it like mid-tier Disney films. Honestly, I think that's Disney's. Best well, film. that's what I'm like with Oliver and Company. Or that's um, a great film, Great Mouse Detective. I love it's that one gra- too. That's yeah. a dark film. Yeah, 
Um, when I think of movies that I take up for, I take up for Van Helsing. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman, Kate Beckinsale, and uh, what's his name? Dude that played Faramir. Yes, what is his name? I feel so bad. But it has My dad some, loves that movie. There's some awesome stuff in that movie. Like great the fight effects, when they first yeah. get in Transylvania with the brides <laughs> flying yeah. around. That's some great stuff. Um, the Mummy movies. I love same the first two. Yeah. Same director. The third one with Jet Li is pretty bad. You know Roger Ebert gave that a four out of four or something? Like something crazy. Roger Ebert gave Knowing a four out of four. Which one? Knowing with Nicolas Cage. That's right, he did. I've seen that movie, and it's uh, not it's good. <laughs> in my opinion. It's ballsy. <laughs> yeah. It's the ending especially. Uh, yeah, when it turns out like they're like Adam and Eve New or Garden something. Of Eden yeah, 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 yeah. But the um, – because when you mix science, science, sci-fi, and religion, that's a yeah, tough yeah, – yeah. But another one I take up for because I'm diehard with these movies. Okay. The Terminator franchise. Yeah. We I talked about that last up, time. You wrote like a screenplay yeah, for I've one r- of I them. wrote a couple. <laughs> you wrote My yeah, first wrote screenplay ever was Terminator 4. Before it came out. <laughs> Way before. <laughs> yeah. I have. I, I really like Terminator Salvation. I think McG did a good job with that film. Um, they just ruined it in marketing. Oh yeah, they revealed everything in the yes. trailer. And then I don't even watch trailers nowadays. Genesis was not. I haven't seen that one. Um, was that the one that just came out or no? No, that was Dark Fate. Dark, Dark Fate, Fate. I actually really like. Really, the first third of that movie, I really like. Yeah. Then it the kind of slows down a good bit, but the only Terminators I've seen are the first, second, and part of the third. Third one has a lot of problems, but I still enjoy it. It's goofier, but like I love Arnold. Oh yeah, Arnold does like he's actually a very good actor. I think so too, and tr- he's great in True Lies. Watch Maggie, which was uh, this independent oh, drama yeah. he did with Ma- Abigail Breslin, where she's bitten by a zombie and slowly turning, and he's her father. He's great in that. Um, but have like, you ever seen Last Action Hero? No, he's great in that too. He's fun. Predator, come on! Oh, he's um, great in Predator. Yeah, you know. Get to the chopper. The, I'm ano- going to I run for governor. <laughs> the governator. I am the governor. Um, I always go to, when I start talking about Arnold, I love T2, but I always go towards uh, Conan. Like, Conan is awesome. I've never seen this film. So Conan Destroyer to. is cheesier. Um, they're both cheesy, but Conan yeah. Barbarian is pretty awesome, I, I need think. To. Did I, they ever, did they, I feel like they remake They one did of with Jason Momoa before he ever got Really? Big. Yeah. It wasn't good. Ron Perlman was in it. Ron Perlman. I always forget about him. He's good, though. Drive. Drive. Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> Hellboy. Do you think they'll ever make the third? No. With Guillermo. Ain't gonna touch that. He doesn't want to? I don't. I thought it was like his baby. I don't know. His little baby. <laughs> you know, he didn't touch Pacific Rim sequel. Um, That's right. He didn't. Pacific Rim, the first one. first one was pretty good. I though. saw it in theaters. I've never seen it since, but I had a great time oh, watching it, it in theaters. Did you? That I was watched it with a packed. Yeah, me too. Which made it more fun. That was before was Charlie stuff. Hunnam learned how to act. Because he just did a film with Jack O. Is it Connor or whatever from that? Uh-huh. Yeah, they did a film called Jungle Land that was okay. really good. Ind- independent drama. It was really good. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam is great in it. He yeah. was good in The Gentleman. I still need to watch that. Um, have you seen the trailer for the new Guy Ritchie film with Jason Statham? No. Dude, it's what is it called? To- it's called the Rat- Wrath of something, and it's um, it looks really good actually, and it's total Guy Ritchie, because he got a mainstream. He did Aladdin, 
Guy Ritchie directed That's the last. That's right. And it doesn't feel like Guy Ritchie at all. There's a couple times. I forgot he there, did Aladdin. Yeah, Why did a, they hire him to do Aladdin? There's a couple times where you can sense Guy Ritchie when they do Friend Like Me. You yeah. can sense that. That's the best part of the film, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, no, I and agree. And then sometimes the the when they're doing enjoy. chase stuff through the streets, you can see Guy Ritchie camera movements, but it doesn't yeah. have the pacing of it. Yeah. And Guy Ritchie's stuff doesn't fit everything like they tried to do the Charlie Hunnam King Arthur film. And Dude. it didn't really mesh. Um, was Robin Hood wasn't Guy Ritchie, was it, with Jamie No, Fox? that was Ridley Scott, I think. With Russell Crowe? No, wait, wait, wait. No, wait, that was, Rus- the Russell Crowe one was Ridley Scott, but there was one a few years ago with Taylor Edgerton. I forgot about and that ja- already. And it bombed. It bombed big time. Jamie Foxx was in it. Because it was like modern day almost, but like apocalyptic I can't or remember, something. but that's how much, how little it was on my radar. I don't remember much about it at all. It might have been like a newer director. Not Taylor Edgerton. Taron Edgerton. Taron Edgerton. Sorry. Who... Speaking of my awards later, he won. Remember when he won the Golden Globe for Best Lead Actor, and then he wasn't even nominated well, for an the Oscar. Hollywood Foreign Press. Yeah, yeah. You know. Do much. They, they nominated the Tourist. Oh yeah, Ricky Gervais. They nominated about Music, that. the Sia movie. Oh, that won like three Razzies the other day. Hmm. Hmm. So what you're saying is, I could get a Golden Globe pretty easily <laughs> if I just flash a if couple. If you just of try a little enough. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you never know. Um. <laughs> Yeah, Golden Globes, they normally give out different types of, they, they give the winner, like when a couple years ago, Aaron Taylor Johnson won for Nocturnal for, Animals. Yeah, he, honestly, I thought he kind of deserved it. He was great, but Michael Shannon was the one that got nominated for the Oscar. Yeah, which is funny how that worked out. Yeah, Leo has won great, Golden yeah. Globes for other movies that he didn't win Oscars for. Yeah, or even nominated. Like he was nominated for Django Unchained at the Globes, but not at the Oscars. How was he not? That was a tough year for... That was a great year of films. We I had honestly, Lincoln, The Master, but you know, uh, Django the guy Unchained. who won it was uh, Waltz again. Yeah, and I thought for kind of Caprio the similar performance. Yeah, I thought Caprio was a little better. Samuel Jackson was great. Jamie Foxx was nominated that year. I thought he was great in that. You movie. know who was originally Very Django? Will Smith. I think that would have been interesting. Have you seen the roundtable? He talks. He talks about it at one of those like Hollywood Reporter roundtables. I've watched roundtables with Tarantino, but I don't think I watched the one with and Smith talking well, he's about He's talking it. specifically why he passed on it. He said, I think the reason he passed on it was, was because he wanted it to be a love story and not a revenge story. Well, see, I read also that he didn't think that Django character should be on the same level. Like He thought the doctor character, the dentist character, Valtz's character, had too big of a part. Oh, yeah? And it's like, well, he kind of carries a load of that movie until Django comes on his own. Yeah. He kind of, I mean, he trains him, essentially. Right. I mean, Django's And then the last third of the talented. movie is Django's movie fully. Like, we see how he's, yeah, you know, adapted and learned. They were supposed to do, like, a Django versus something movie. Kong? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did I you watch that? I haven't. Have you? Mm-hmm. What'd you think? It shouldn't be called Godzilla versus Kong. It should be called King Kong 2. Godzilla oh, is it really? not in it a whole lot. Oh, really? Mm-mm. I haven't seen. I didn't see Kong Skull Island, and I haven't seen any of the Godzillas recently. Kong Skull Island was better the second time I watched it. Um, it looks like a fun movie. The Samuel first Godzilla. Like, wait, with is Cramp? Samuel Jackson in that? Yes, he's I, lo- awesome. I love him. John Goodman's in it. Really? Brie Larson's in it. Tom Hiddleston, John C. Riley. I like John C. Riley. He's one of the better parts of it. Magnolia. Have Still you seen haven't his? seen that. Oh, you should watch it. And I'm a huge P.T. Anderson fan. 
You should watch it just for John C. Riley. And honestly, uh, Tom Cruise. I've seen his crime last him. year. Yeah, watch the whole performance. He should have won that year. Um, but the first Godzilla they did when they started the MonsterVerse with Cranston, I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. And Cranston was the best part of that movie. Yeah. Um, the second Godzilla had one of my favorites, Kyle Chandler, in it. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Friday got, Night Lights. I've gotten mom. Coach. Me and mom just started watching Bloodline on Netflix. Yeah, it's the I third time watch I've watched it, but Kyle Chandler's in it. Ben Mendelsohn, Ben Mendelsohn, that's Linda it, yeah. Cardellini, Sissy Spacek, Sam Shepard. Really, I love some Kyle Chandler and Ben Mendelsohn in that show. Now it's a slow burn family drama, so if that's not for you, I love but stuff like Ben that. Mendelsohn won an Emmy for it. Yeah, he Kyle did. Kyle Chandler was nominated, but that first season especially, it went three seasons. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Something I, I would love to be in a show like that. First off, they. It filmed in the Keys. Have you seen Ben Mendelsohn? Sorry to change the subject. Have you seen Ben Mendelsohn? Ben Mendelsohn in Only God Forgives. No, no, I'm sorry. Not Only God Forgives. Uh, Lost River, the Ryan Gosling film that Ryan Gosling directed. Oh, I feel like I did. It's very, very strange. He's always great, though, like Place Beyond the Pines. But Ben Mendelsohn does... That's how they became friends. Yeah. Ben Mendelsohn does like an improv dance scene in that film. It doesn't surprise me. And it's just so weird, but he it was works. the only thing I liked in Captain Marvel, because I really despise that movie. I haven't seen that one. I really oh, like him in it. Speaking of overrated films, a lot of people usually go for the Marvel movies. What do you think of like Scorsese's opinion on like that, that stuff's not similar? I understand it, too. Yeah. I don't agree, though. I understand where he's coming from, but I don't agree. I don't fully agree, but I understand it. Yeah. And Downey Jr. said the same thing. Yeah. You know, they're not for everybody. Um... I think taking the break that they have has been good. Yeah. But I will say this, and I'm sure I'm in the minority. The two series they've had all so far, I thought were just okay. I haven't watched them yet. Um, I thought WandaVision started off amazing. And then the, it was one of those things where the mystery and the intrigue were way better than the reveals for oh, me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, see, Invincible just did that on Amazon Prime. Go watch Invincible. I know it's a superhero animated show, but it is adult. It is has so much depth. Um, the reveals in Invincible were great. Yeah. But then same thing happened with Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. I got, I, I need to check that out. I'm it, a huge Anthony it, Mackie fan. I've been following his career for a long time, so yeah. I'm kind of happy that he's like been um, booking as much as he has been. And I, I saw he's the new Captain America. That's what I saw. Yeah. And that's where it was building, and I knew yeah. that's where it was building. But they yeah. introduced a new character in Falcon and Winter Soldier that I thought was the best part of the show. Johnny Walker. John Walker. I've heard, yeah. I like him. Uh, that's Kurt Russell's son. And uh, he was in 22 Jump Street. Yeah. He was Channing Tatum's quarterback bro in that movie. That's right. Um, he was, Have you ever seen Everybody Wants Some? No. Richard Linklater. He's Sequel in that film, to, too. Uh, Daisy Confused, or, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah-esque, yeah. Um, yeah, he became my favorite part of the show, and Zemo came back. Uh, Daniel Brühl. Yeah. He was in a few episodes. I like him, too. Yeah, he was great. Um, the show was fine. So, like, I'm going to give it one more chance with Loki. Oh, dude, I actually, I did watch the trailer for that just because uh, I like him and Owen Wilson. I was about to say, I'm so excited because Owen Wilson's in it. Yeah. 
Because yeah. I don't see him much nowadays. Yeah, I'm trying to think what he's done recently. He was around for back. He's in done the a day, couple independent films. Back in the day when him and Vince Vaughn were doing dude, stuff, yeah, they were around huge. all the time. I like still think Wedding Crashers is amazing. Oh, it's hilarious. But then he did uh, um, one of my favorite films, Midnight in Paris. I think honestly, out of all the Woody Allen films I've seen, that is the only one I like. And I have really? watched all like his great classics. I just I don't like Annie. Doesn't do much for me. I don't like the films Alan is in. I don't. I was literally about to say that I don't like him. Like I think he's funny, and then ten minutes pass, and you're like, I'm tired of this guy. Well, did you watch that miniseries on HBO called um, Oh Pharaoh versus Fa- Alan? Alan versus Pharaoh. Is that about how he's like married to his and how he's kind of like a predator? Yeah, he's kind of weird, honestly. Yeah, it was. He's more than weird. Yeah, and it was. I'm not saying he did anything illegal. Well, it makes a lot I'm of. I'm just people, saying I don't like him. It <laughs> as makes an a actor. lot of people look at his films now in a different way. Well, it's same a, way with Kevin Spacey, kind of. You know, you look at his stuff now in a different. Yeah. Way. Well, Manhattan's about him dating a 17 year old, and how his friends are kind of mm-hmm. weirded out about yep. it. And I felt uncomfortable watching that film. I don't even think I finished it. I liked some of his. I liked uh, Midnight in Paris a lot. I like. I liked, that's my favorite. I liked Cafe Society. I, I haven't seen that. I did. Because I like old school Hollywood films. Yeah. Is that Steve Carell? Steve Carell, Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen yeah. Stewart. I'll watch that one. But um, Well, his last one he did, Rainy Day in New York or whatever. Selena um, Gomez and Chalamet, right? Yeah, they ended up disowning it, kind of. Oh, wow. He did a film with Joaquin Phoenix, I f- something man. I forgot it was. Uh, and then he did one called... With Emma Stone and Colin Firth, something Moonlight, huh? Magic in the Moonlight or something. Oh, it he, wasn't did, he that did good. one with Kate Winslet too. Wonder Wheel. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Yet. I didn't watch that either. But I did watch Blue Jasmine. Blue Jasmine. I own Blue Jasmine. I like Blue Jasmine. She I won an Oscar it. for that. She did, definitely deserved it. Kate yeah. Blanchett's unreal in that film. But and as Sally a Hawkins movie, was not great my too. Favorite. Um, but yeah, Midnight in Paris, I think, is like Blue Jasmine's hard film. to watch at times. Yeah. it's very. Hectic and frantic, and it's yeah. elitist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but Midnight in Paris, I just love jazz, and I love old twenties stuff, and the I want to go walk around Paris at night. So yeah. it really just felt like homey. And Owen Wilson, I think he's great in that. He was too. good. Yeah, he was very Owen Wilsony. Yeah, and there's but no, he was I also like, Woody Allen-y. Yeah, but I like that. Uh, as long as it's not Woody. That Allen. was a, <laughs> he just yeah. bothers me as an actor. I don't know. It's you know, shtick. I tried to be able to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. When it comes to personal things, sometimes you just can't. Like the spacey stuff, it's harder yeah, to. Yeah, it's really hard. And the Allen stuff is hard too. But, like, why should I? Like, I loved Midnight in Paris before I ever knew anything about that Woody Allen stuff. Why should I just not love it as much anymore as a film? Yeah. Based on my new knowledge of. My, my thing yeah. with that is because I've heard that same before. Because I know someone that's very, like, well, you know, like you should respect their art still. If, But my thing is, like, some people just can't get out of their mind that they've done these things, especially if something similar has happened to them. Like, I'm not going to blame them for having or not be able to not think that during watching a film. So I, I just leave it up to whoever the person is. Okay. <laughs>